Good morning and welcome to worship at Reveille United Methodist Church. My name is Stephen Coleman. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Reveille. We welcome all of you who are joining with us this morning. We welcome those who are joining with us online. We are so glad that all of you are here with us this day. I draw your attention to your bulletin and invite you to take note of all the announcements and what is going on on the inside uh, so you know what is happening in the life of our church. Uh, Today in worship, we are continuing our sermon series on the other six days of the week. Uh, To give you a quick recap, we have talked about being the salt and the light in the world. We have talked about faith and work and faith and leisure And today we are talking about faith in our homes and sharing our faith in our homes. So we are glad that you are here with us. This is the last of the sermon series about the other six days of the week. Next week we will be starting a new sermon series entitled The Beautiful City. And we will be looking about how Richmond can be a place of healing and hope. Uh, So we give you that to look forward to next week. Uh, We welcome you this day, and I invite you now to prepare your hearts and minds for the worship of the living God. The Lord be with you. I invite you to stand now in body or in spirit and join me for our call to worship. Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God, my 
because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your habitation. Because they cleave to me in love, I will deliver them. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with long life and show them my salvation. When morning gilds the skies, my heart awaking cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. Let us sing these words together using hymn number 185. have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness because he has been tempted just as we are, yet without sin. So let us now approach the great high priest and the throne so that we may ask for our forgiveness, trusting in his grace to us. I invite you to join me now for our prayer of common confession and then our silent personal confession. Let us pray. Gracious God, We confess our sin to you. You have called us to love you with all our heart and soul and strength. This call is to be on our hearts, in our homes, and upon our children. Forgive us for those times that we have ignored this call. Forgive us for those seasons when we have not intercepted to your visitation upon our homes. By your grace, make us faithful stewards of our dwelling places, that this gift and blessing that we so enjoy 
may also be a blessing for others. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Hear now the good news. If any one of us sins, we do have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he not only forgives our sins, but the sins of the whole world. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I invite you now to share signs of peace and reconciliation with those around you. I invite also our children to come forward for our children's message with Kathy Rainier, our Director of Children's Ministries. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. We are so glad you're here. Come on up and have a seat. Hello, Hazel. Hello, Edward. Here comes Kendall and Felicity and Asher. Hi, good morning. We are so glad you're here today. You have Izzy with you, Eleanor. We, We are so glad you are all here today. Now, let me put this down. How is everyone doing? Are you having a good day? Okay, I have something that I have really been enjoying playing with this morning. I've been looking around with this. I've really enjoyed looking at this. What is this thing I have in my... What do I have in my... What did you say? Okay, Charlie, say that louder. Magnifying glass. Yes, a friend at the earlier service said a magna spying glass. I kind of like that because it is kind of a magna spying glass. But Charlie, you are right. What does a magnifying glass do? It makes things bigger. It does, Charlie. Absolutely. It makes small things that we're trying to see, it makes them a little bigger, doesn't it? It makes them a bigger size. So... Yes, you can wear glasses that maybe help you see other things too. You're right, Eleanor. You did. You went home with Izzy. Well, I'm glad you said that, that you visited with Izzy, because this is my question to you. When I was your age, it was a big deal to to go to home with a friend after church, just like you've gone to Izzy's house. And I want Oh, okay, wonderful. Okay, so let me ask you this. If I was a friend like Eleanor and going to Izzy's house, if I went home with you today and I took my magnifying glass with me, and went over to your house for lunch, what would I see that would tell me you and your family know Jesus in your home? What would your home look like? What would you be doing? What are some clues I could find? Felicity. You would be happy, wouldn't you? Yes. Would you? It's fun looking for clues. Yes, Izzy. And be excited. You were excited today. Did you have Lucky Charms for breakfast? 
I can look under your couch with this? Okay. I think we need to ask your mommy first before we do that. And we'll look for your room. Okay. What are other things, if I look for clues at your house with your family, to know that, hey, this family knows Jesus, Ollie? Being funny. Yes, yes, that's, a, that's always a good thing. It's great to laugh, isn't it? But would you be saying kind words to each other? Yes. Would you maybe be helping mom or dad or the grown-up prepare the meal? Would you be doing that? Yeah. What would you be doing maybe before the meal? What would you do before each meal? Yes. Thank you, Annabelle. You would say a prayer of thanks for the food That would show a friend who came to your house looking for clues. Do you know Jesus in your home? Now, um, other things, if you have a good friend who comes over, maybe letting them play with your favorite toy. But one of our Bible verses today, our Old Testament verses from Deuteronomy, it's a book in the Old Testament. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your might, your strength. So what does this heart symbolize? The most important thing. Gwyneth. Love. Yes. If someone came to your house, you would want to show how much you love each other because that's one of the main things Jesus taught us. And also to have patience with each other, to be kind and speak kind words with each other, and forgiveness, to forgive each other. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you, it's harder sometimes at home to do these things than it is out in the world, isn't it? Sometimes if we have brothers or sisters at home, it's hard to be patient and kind and forgive. But we want to make sure that we know Jesus at all times when we're at our house because God wants us to, he, know, he wants us to remember he's with us in every part of our life and especially at home, okay? So let's say a prayer. Follow me. Close your eyes and bow your head, please. Dear Lord, thank you for our families and for our homes. We pray that we will follow you and reflect your love at home, school, church, and play. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's first reading comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16 verses 11 through 15, found on page 900 of your pew Bible. Paul and the elders have opened the church to Gentiles, and one of those new Christians now opens her home to Paul. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira, and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. 
When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second reading for the morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, reading in the sixth chapter, verses one through nine. Will you listen once again for the word of God? Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and multiply and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life, and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may, be, may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your head Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as your word is read and proclaimed this day, it is our humble prayer that you would pour your Holy Spirit upon us, enable us to hear your call upon our lives and upon our homes as we offer you these words for your honor and glory and purpose in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning we are concluding our sermon series entitled The Other Six Weeks. We have been talking together how you and I can be salt and light in all the days of the week, including in our workplaces. We've spoken about how we can be salt and light in those places of leisure in our lives and in our days, how we can bring light to those places. And today, we bring this sermon series home, literally, to that place where you and I spend so much of our time. And we recognize, first of all, that homes can take all sorts of forms. Some of us are married, some of us are not. Some of us have children, some do not. Some are retired, some are empty nesters. And the list could go on, but the point is that this morning, we're going to take a, a moment to stop and look at our homes, whatever setting that might be, and think together about how, they can be, how our homes can strengthen us, not only our faith, but can take that faith in that place and multiply it into the lives of those who are a part of our homes or visitors to our homes. And to get us going, I'd like to set us up with a, a story. Uh, many years ago, seven years ago, Lynn and I moved into our current home. And at that, we have five children, and they're all very close in age. And uh, at that time, they were either finishing college, finished college. They were in those um, in-between times. But one night, uh, they were all gathered on our uh, on our deck. Now you need to know that this house we moved into, it was in need of some substantial repair. And one of the places we had to do some work was that deck because it was very small and it was all falling apart. But the, tr the thing was, it was that time of year, have you all ever had those Costco gift end of year gift certificates, right? That are just sort of burning a hole in your pocket. We had to go out and spend that. We got, and we decided we were going to get one of those big fire pits with comfy chairs, right? So a small deck, it didn't matter to us. We put it on there, we crammed it on there, I installed it, and then there was this one night when uh, we had just put it in and all my kids were there and one of my daughters was sitting there just having this conversation with all my other kids and the friends that they had and the fiancés and the significant others and you know, the list just goes on and on and on. But there's this point where she just had this exuberant, 
joy-filled, contagious laughter amongst her sisters and brother and, and with all their friends. And it was like a moment in time stopped for a second. I, I turned to my wife, Lynn. I said, you know, this is, this is just a beautiful thing. We need to find a way to make this happen. And so the next thing we knew, we were in a three-month project building a big extension of that deck, which we shamelessly pulled in my future son-in-laws and suitors and, and all the family and uh, built a fence where we housed grandchildren and dogs, very big dogs. It was just crazy in our house. But it all began in many ways with that spark of joy and laughter that I saw on my daughter's face that day. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a, sit, a, a, a place like that where you looked into something sacred and fun and contagious that was going on in your home and you said, this is great. We need to find a way to multiply that. Well, that's the theme of what we're talking about today. That could it be that somehow we can carry that same image, that same energy, that exuberance, that laughter, that joy, and somehow find our homes to be a place that not only solidify that, but multiply that in the context of our faith. See, we've just read a foundational passage from the book of Deuteronomy. And those words encourage us. They teach us how you and I might do exactly that. Did you hear the way Moses described faith in those words? The words which he offered to describe us, our faith. They aren't stagnant. The words are alive. The words are not private. A faith is not private. It's a public thing, according to Moses. And he describes it as something that's living. Our faith is something that is passed down. You heard the words that we are somehow supposed to impress these things upon our children. We talk about these things as our to our, going to our homes and coming home from or going to and from our homes. You see, the image he presents is an image of our homes, in whatever forms they are, as a place where this living, dynamic, energetic, moving faith is not only solidified, but it's also multiplied. And you heard the words from our New Testament reading, albeit it's an extreme example. But it's a beautiful story of a woman, woman named Lydia. She's a businesswoman. She's a wealthy woman. She she's sells purple. But she's outside the city, and there she meets the missionaries, Paul and his entourage, who meet, her, meet the women of the city at the river. She hears the word. She believes. She is baptized. And then the first thing she does is to invite this entire missionary entourage into her home. And if you listen to the rest of the story, it's very likely that her home became a beachhead from which these early evangelists reached out to the entire continent of Europe. She was the first named convert in Europe in the Bible. You know, years ago, I had the privilege of going on several mission trips uh, to Cuba. And these are in the days of Fidel Castro. And in these days, church was illegal. You were not allowed to build new churches. But the Cubans, being extraordinarily inventive people, they found ways to worship and to have church. And it happened in this vi little village where we served for a couple weeks. I met a man there uh, in whose house we stayed. His name was Alejo. And Alejo had a great story. Uh, in the Methodist movement in Cuba, just a few years back, he had become a Christian. And when he had given his life to Christ, he literally gave half of his home to the church. So every night, every night of the week, for two, two and a half hours, the church met in his home and directly next to his home for worship. And you could hear the joy and exuberance of that place every night in worship. I had the privilege of preaching there and doing a baptism there, doing a wedding renewals, a vows there, to sense that joy and that occurred because he had offered up his home. Now let's recognize that we're talking here at the extreme end of the spectrum. Most of us are not there in that place with Alejo or with 
Lydia with these dramatic home offerings, and that's okay. Because as we're going to see, these represent, again, the far end of the spectrum, but not the most important part. But they do remind us that our homes also can somehow, someway, like Lydia, like Alejo, be a beachhead for new things in the faith occurring from where we dwell. I saw a story this week in the news that I think highlights how important it is to pass on our traditions. Some of you may know about Richard Haas. He's held a bunch of uh, government positions, including he was an advisor to Secretary of State Colin Powell, to President Bush. He was the envoy to uh, Northern Ireland, a host of other roles. But Atlantic Magazine this week did a piece on him because he has just finished a new book entitled The Bill of Obligations. It's fascinating because Richard Haas is Jewish, and he centers this book in many ways with a text that is directly related to our reading from Deuteronomy. He reminds us of the role of the Passover meal. The children gather with the family around the meal, and they ask that classic question, why is this night different from every other night? And the question becomes an opportunity to impart the faith, remind folks of the tradition around the table. Well, he speaks of that tradition, and that's thematic for his new book called, again, Bill of Obligations. And he says this, and I quote, Passover offers everyone, not just Jews, an important lesson. No group of people should assume that its identity will, automatically, will be automatically inherited by the next generation. For a people to understand and appreciate its collective identity is a matter of teaching, not of biology. This is no less true for nations than for religious communities. He goes on in the book to, to base his presumption that we as a nation, especially amongst young people, have lost so much of who we are, I, our identity, because so much has not been passed on. He goes on to argue that the solution is civics, government teaching, teaching about the Bill of Rights, teaching about the Constitution. I'm not sure um, if that is the adequate solution, but one cannot deny the reality of his assessment of who we are in this day and age. And so the point is that we search as a nation and as individuals for our identity, particularly in the faith. And it makes some sense culturally, politically, and most of all faithfully to impress these things upon our children and to those who come within our doorposts, to use the image of Deuteronomy. And I think all of us would agree with this assessment. But the fundamental question to the text is, what is it that we do? What is it that we multiply? What is it that we pass down? What is it that we impress upon our children? There's a whole lot of candidates out there. Maybe what we do is pass on the religious traditions. Well, certainly Tevye, a fiddler on their roof, would agree with that. Maybe we pass on the rules, the, the regulations, the do's and the don'ts, and certainly that is also a part of it. But when we read the, the reading from Deuteronomy, we have the sense that there is more, much more to it than that. And, of course, there is, because these verses represent what is known to the Jews as the Shema. Shema is a Hebrew word that means hear and is taken from the very first word of these classic verses. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You see, friends, those words, that verse is not just the core of our reading for the day. This is central even for Jews today. Jews read that verse when they wake up in the morning. They read that verse when they go to bed at night. It opens up worship in the sanctuary. Jesus, of course, affirmed that these words were the deal. This is the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all that you are. Do you hear the framework? It's not just law. It's not just obedience. It's not just tradition. It's about relationship. 
Do you see how those words characterize your relationship of love with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? That in that loving relationship, we are to offer all that we are and receive the gift of knowing a God who is not out there, not at a distance, but a living God who is known as through the personhood of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're trying to pass down to our neighbors, to our children, in our homes, that somehow people will see in you and see in me that there is a living God who loves you and loves me, who rules the universe and yet in grace has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ. That power, that love, that vibrancy that you have because our God is not out there but right here, could that yet show up in my home? in my relationship with friends, family, and all of that. We pass down our loving relationship with God. But of course, that is so much harder. It's a lot easier, isn't it, to pass down a tradition, as important as that is. It's a lot easier to pass down do's and don'ts, as important as those are. But what our children need to see, what our neighbors need to see, what our family, what our guests need to see is that in you is the living God of love who has come to know you and come to know us through Christ Jesus. You know, this past week in my Friday email, I spoke about how much conversation we have in this day and age is around contagious diseases, COVID, respiratory diseases. The list goes on and on because we recognize how easily those things are caught within our homes and beyond, how contagious they are. Well, I encouraged us then, encourage us today, to work to sanctify that understanding of um, all the diseases. What if our faith, this love of God, and with all that we are was understood not as something private? What if we understood our faith, our love of God, and God's love for us, not as something that needs to be masked up in our homes and beyond? What if it really is, like Moses said, something to be caught in by the grace of God through our, by our children and by our friends and by our family and beyond? What if our Shema love for God in our homes was as contagious as was COVID? Well, friends, we all live in different types of homes. But within this old piece of scripture is the reminder of the wonder of what we have. A living, breathing, miraculous, wondrous faith that we have a loving relationship with God who has come to us in Christ. And it's designed to be multiplied and caught and passed on contagious in the best sense. So have you ever seen that spark in your home? That joy of which I spoke, that laughter, that exuberance. Have you felt, have you noticed a time in your home when something sacred and, and special was going on? Today we are reminded that our homes are to be that place where a contagious faith is caught and it's transmitted. But we're also concluding the series this day where we're reminded that this thing of which we speak is not limited to our homes. This Shema relationship with God this holistic love of God through Jesus is to spread throughout our week, whether we're at work or whether we're in our leisure places. Because this love of which we speak, it does not live in a box. It busts them apart as we remember that our, in our God, our faith is not contained in convenient files. So I invite us to go forth and to live this faith and to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. And let's do it during all the days of the week. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In response to the word proclaimed, I invite you to stand and join in singing hymn number 695, O Lord, may church and home combine. Please stand.
Let's remain standing as we together affirm what we believe. You'll find the modern affirmation on number 885 of your hymnals. Let us join in these words. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit, as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth Let us please be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have promised to hear us when we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for this we are thankful. Therefore, in confidence and trust, we pray for the church and the world together. We pray for our partner churches, Koinonia Christian Church, and Love Center of Unity, for our denomination, for our bishop. And our congregation. O oh God, enliven the church for its mission, that we may be salt of the earth and light to the world. Breathe fresh life into your people. Give us power to reveal Christ in both word and action. We pray for the world, for peace in Ukraine and all places of conflict. We also pray for peace in our cities and towns and an end to violence. Creator of all that is and all that will be, lead us and all people into ways of justice and peace that we may respect one another in freedom and truth. Awaken in us a sense of wonder for the earth and all that is in it. Teach us to care creatively for the earth's resources, and for our state and our cities. God of truth and justice, inspire with your wisdom those 
whose decisions impact the lives of others, that all may act with integrity and courage. Give us grace. Give grace to all whose lives are linked with ours. May we serve Christ in one another and love as Christ loves. We pray for all those in need, but especially today we lift up those who are cold, are hungry, and those who are facing eviction. You are the God of hope. Comfort and restore all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. May we know the power of your healing love. Make us willing agents of your compassion. Strengthen us and enable us to share in making people whole and healthy. You have called us to serve you. Grant that we may minister in your name with your love in our hearts, your truth in our minds, and your strength in our wills, until at the end of our journey we may know the joy of our homecoming and the welcome of your embrace. We ask all this in your Son's name, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All that we have is a gift from God. As the ushers come forward, let us return our gifts and tithes with glad and generous hearts.
Let us pray. Generous God, we give you thanks for all the many gifts you give to us. We thank you for this day and for the joy of worshiping together and for the gift of receiving new members, for welcoming them into our family. We thank you for the gift of hearing your scriptures, both read and proclaimed, and for the way that your Holy Spirit speaks to us through these scriptures. We thank you for the gift of creation, for the sunshine yesterday and the warm weather that all enjoyed, and for the gift of rain that brings new life. We ask that you would take these gifts that we offer back to you this day and consecrate them to your use so that all the world may know your love and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, and if the new members will please come forward. As our new member candidates come forward now, I uh, do want to also say that we welcomed three new members uh, to our church at our 830 service. So, And now, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I'm going to invite y'all to turn around and face the congregation. Um, on here, uh, on my far right, are Beth and Steve Davis. Uh, Steve is originally from Richmond. Beth is originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. They are both retired now from Dominion Energy. Uh, next to them is Carol Anton. Carol is originally from Boston, Massachusetts. She is a retired nurse, and she is joining by transfer from another United Methodist Church, as are Beth and Steve. And here is Divya Dorcas. She is originally from... India, and she is a nutritional labelist specialist with Boar's Head, and she is joining as an affiliate member, so she is keeping her membership in the United Methodist Church in India as well as joining our church here at Reveille. I present these people now for membership. You can turn back around and face us. Well, as you come to join this church, we are thrilled and honored to bring you in as a part of this Reveille family. And as you come to join this congregation, we ask you questions which indicate your faith in Christ and also your desire to serve him through this particular congregation. And so now I ask you on behalf of the church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, respond by saying, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to res resist evil, injustice, and oppression? Whatever forms they present themselves, again, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. According to the grace given you, Will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as his representatives in the world? I will. As members of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? I will. And finally, as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And now I invite you, the congregation, to join me in our commendation and welcome, which you can find printed in the bulletin. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give, give thanks, thanks for all that, that God has already given, given you, and we, and we welcome, welcome you in Christian love. love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, 
our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord God, we are thankful and honored to receive these new members into our church today. And it is our prayer that we would encourage them as they encourage us so that we may grow into that church which serves your kingdom, your kingdom of love, your kingdom of grace, and your kingdom of hope. Lord, surround them and surround us as we give you thanks this day through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pete and I welcome these new members now on your behalf, but you will have an opportunity to welcome them and greet them after the worship service. They will be in our welcome center. I invite you to stand now as we sing together our final hymn, The Lord of All Hopefulness, number 2197 in the Faith We Sing hymnal. we go forth this day, I invite you to take your GPS with you and use it throughout the week to prepare for next week's sermon. And now the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you forevermore as we go in peace and as all God's people say, Amen.